This is a Skeptic Frog production. Hey y'all, Frog here. For those that are here for the first time, welcome. And to those that are returning, welcome back to Dicebenders D&D, a Skeptic Frog production. So, a bit of an explanation here. I decided to record this for two big reasons. One, there was a long time between the end of book one and beginning of book two, and there could be a lot of key points that have been forgotten by long-time listeners that probably wouldn't mind a refresher. And uh, number two, I've been personally redirecting a lot of new listeners to book two and just explaining what happened to them in book one. Uh, me, I don't like the level of quality we had in book one audio-wise, and uh, at the time didn't take it as seriously. We didn't know that we were going to do this for the long haul until after the end of uh, arc one, when we really realized, yeah, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> I thank everyone who's been here from the start, and if you wish to hear the shenanigans and better understand some of the inside jokes we have as a podcast, we would greatly appreciate the listen, since this recap will only hit the vital story points made in book one. You're not going to know about why we joke about cat dogs. You're not going to know uh what we mean by shenanigans a lot of the times you know things like that anyway without any further ado previously on dice benders the series opened on three of our four players having made their way to one of the white lotus schools of the world in the united provinces of the earth nation or upin for short we met our players and their teachers, Taro, our strong but hesitant metalbender, and Torque, the smirky, overconfident dean of the school, Jaeger, our rough and antisocial firebender, and Shang, the all-business old-fashioned sage, Yang, our timid, nervous airbender, and Go, the world-renowned expert of the spirit world, and Kevin our rich and social waterbender with Vana, the old dean of the South Pole White Lotus School, reverted to teacher by request of her best friend, Kevin's mom. Here, they were inducted as centuries of the White Lotus Society, an organization that's converted themselves into acting world police in the eight-year absence of the Avatar, and joined together as Team 2B. Not long after, they were given their first job, a research mission to a town north of Omashu called Beilong, where they discovered a famous madman mover-maker was behind the disappearances of the townsfolk and the cause of the missing river totem spirit, the spirit sworn to protect the town and the river that it lines with. We also discover that Yang is the great-grandson of Avatar Aang who holds animosity towards his family and their decisions to send him away at a young age, and that Jaeger is part of the savage Surtur clan that endangers trade between the Yupin and Republic Nation through the forest Beilong is near. Despite these setbacks, they were able to put a stop to Lou Dini's plans to film the Perfect Mover by saving Taro who was captured by him and stopping the enraged spirit Zahar who was forced to be aggressive. As a form of thanks, Zahar rose Kevin back up from unconsciousness and the party returned the totem spirit back to its home island in the river. The same night, Yang symbolized his departure from the team by leaving his white lotus sash and flying away 
on his bison, Iro. The rest of Team 2B had to catch a train ride back to the school to be sent out on their next mission, this time to Republic City, with Vana and Shang to speak with the council, to whom one of the members is Kevin's father. They head there in the hopes that they could open a school in the city as well as go giving them a special task in meeting the spirit on Air Temple Island. On the way via ship, we met an old friend of Taro, Slick, who ominously told the party he hopes they don't meet again. On arriving to the city, Team 2B made their way to Air Temple Island where they met General Milo, the second youngest son of Tenzin's and the general to the air defense, as well as Valhalaru, a frog spirit with the ability to tether to people and track them around the world. The team was also reintroduced to Yang, who promptly flew off and defaced his great-grandfather's statue and got arrested. Val tethered to each of Team 2B, but Taro was hit hardest. Her memories combed through by Val as a result, and opening an unseen wound in her spirit. As Milo went off to release Yang before word got out of the president's nephew in jail, the rest of the team headed back into the city, where they were attacked by a gang of benders, of which bending is illegal in the city. With this gang, we discover Taro's past wasn't as clear as we thought, as the leader was her younger sister Eva using the alias Gaia. Upon this discovery, Taro dropped her alias to take on her birth name, Rena, as she left the team to work with her sister in helping the suppressed benders of the city in kidnapping the president to gain an opportunity to speak with him. Here, we also discover the boy working for the councilman and Kevin's father, Mike Zaspera, also works with the Bender Revolt group and even more impressive, works with the police in the city as he helps Jaeger and Shang in stopping the Firebender's own revolt plan to kill the council and take over the city entirely. We also met Shin, a lava bender like Rena's sister who is a member of the revolt group and a mercenary for an unknown family tasked in finding out where Eva is and killing her. We discover that he is a mysterious woman's neighbor who requests that if he sees a scarred firebender new in town that he deliver a letter to him. We're also introduced to just how serious the spiritual tear in Rena is when she finds Val in her dreams, and as she's forced out of a heart attack, she struggles to keep reality and dreams separate. Meanwhile, Yang returns to Team 2B, which gives Kevin the assistance needed in speaking with the council members, where they discover the army general, Sei Li, is secretly building synthetic bending suits and training chi blockers. Councilman Quelo has taken the new Councilman Rodin under his wing, controlling him. Councilwoman Catherine is only in the position because she is money-hungry. And President Rohan, who is truly just a figurehead to the Council and nothing more, even going as far as having Quelo write his speeches for him. All this comes to a head when the day of the Council meeting and the President's speech arrives. Every party, including Milo, end up collecting at the city main street when an unexpected blast of fire and hulking boulders launch at the president. The council attack the White Lotus and each other, 
and Milo's men with the police fight back Saylee's line of chi blockers apprehending everyone as well as the revolt groups that are in a panicked chaos. It's then when Dante flies into the council hall and begins attacking with the intent to kill the council. Shang sacrifices himself in order to let the uncorrupt council and the Lotus members escape and Yang stands to fight Dante who was only slightly halted by Shang's attempt. Yang then dies, but buys the team time to hop on Poke 5 Milo's personal bison, where Dante was forced to reveal himself to be the Avatar, and that this must be done, as he continues to repeat, I didn't want this, guys. Kevin flies the bison away with the Avatar in chase, but just before aerial combat ensues, Dante pivots away, leaving the scene as he flies towards the spirit portal. Shin overhears Eva introduce herself to Torque, and Jaeger sees a broken Milo cupping his deceased nephew before gazing his eyes at the chaos of the council room. Two dead council members, and a simmering ash pile where Sean once stood. And from there, Book One Now, I hope that that was a good bit of information for you guys. That was quite a long recap. A lot of stuff happened, especially in the Republic City arc. If you want to go back and listen to it, Republic City arc does sound a lot better, audio quality-wise. And this uh, recap really doesn't do it too much justice, because I think Republic City arc was like 26 episodes. There was a lot of content that happened in that city. Uh, the Beilong story is fun. It's a fun little mystery. Uh, but like I said before, it's the audio quality that really inspired me to want to do this for new listeners. Uh, book two, we really tightened up on that. So if you are looking for something that picks up right where all of this left off, begin with book two, chapter one, trains, 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 or go back to either the Baylong arc or the Republic City arc in book one. But that's enough rambling for me. Uh, you can get into whichever section of the campaign you want to hear. Uh, and we're happy to have you listening to us. Thank you so much. Uh, and subscribe for more shenanigans. If you liked hearing this recap and want to hear more, give us a... You already know the spiel. The five-star review, the like, the uh, the follow. You already know social media. It's all in the same name, Dicebenders D&D. Blah, blah, blah. You hear it a hundred times but we've got to say it. Lastly, I do have to say this because we end all recordings with subscribe for more shenanigans.